Hi, this is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. Last week, we began our conversation with musician, performer, and teacher Sarah Flint. Sarah's been making music in Bloomington for more than 30 years, with brief interludes in Florida and the Mediterranean, where she and her husband, Tim Tryon, entertained U.S. military service personnel as a duo. She began DJing here at WFHB almost as soon as the community radio station set up shop here in the Firehouse Studios. Soon, she got an idea. If she could learn the intricacies of producing and airing a radio program, so could kids. And so she created Youth Radio. With invaluable help from the Harmony School's Rhinos Youth Program and the inimitable Brad Wilhelm, she taught kids from the ages of 13 to 20 how to run the soundboard, what buttons to push and dials to spin, and how to get their favorite songs or ideas and philosophies on the airwaves. Sarah Flint offers music lessons both online and in her studio on the square, and her albums with various bands and partners are available on her website, sarahflintmusic.com. If you missed last week's part one of our chat with her, go to wfhb.org for the archive of Big Talk Editions. Now, let's get back to Sarah Flint, part two. And now, it's as if I've learned a new instrument, because I'm studying Joni Mitchell's songs. None of them are in normal tunings, which I did not realize until recently. She created over 50 open tunings. So her system is unique, and that's why her songs sound so unique. And when you try to play them with a regular guitar and Uh regular tuning, they sound flat and dumb. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, those aren't good songs to play or something. But now that I've discovered this open tuning system, I'm, I'm, it's as if it's a whole new instrument. You're still learning stuff. Oh yeah, Uh, I'm, I'm a total beginner again. (laughs) <laughs> with, uh, trying out Joni Mitchell's open tunings, yes. And are you having the students try this too? Um, only if they're interested. Uh, open tunings are intimidating at first, especially yeah. when you don't even know what the regular tuning yeah. does. Yeah. In in a lot of ways, it's uh, simpler. As Joni Mitchell says, if if you're playing my song correctly, it's very easy to do. I remember plucking a string in your studio with you and you saying, oh, that's not right. So you're one of those people who can, by ear, hear whether things are tuned or not. Now, I would never say that's wrong to to you. No, no, no. But um, I can tell if it's in tune or not. That's what you were getting. (laughs) Is that something you discovered early on? Like, oh, I can actually hear that stuff. It took a while. You know, when you first start playing, you hit more strings than you need to, <laughs> and you can't tell how they go together. And Yeah. Yeah, it, it took a long time before I could tell which string was out of tune, if there was just one. And But playing yeah. any instrument, and I assume even singing, entails that most valuable lesson that the way to learn is to make mistakes. 
That's definitely how you learn. Because I'll tell you, when I first started playing guitar, it sounded like uh, cats fighting each <laughs> other and, 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 and mayhem. <laughs> I remember you saying that, yeah. And uh, my brother, as a matter of fact, lived across the street from someone who wanted to learn to play the violin. Ouch. And you could hear it uh, from across the street. And that he, is a difficult instrument to, oh, to get I, to sound There are as no beautiful. frets. Yeah, yeah. And you hold it with your chin. <laughs> it's just crazy. So youth radio, how long did you go on with it? So there was uh, two incarnations of youth radio. The first one started about uh, 95 to about 99 maybe and then when rhinos got involved in 2000 i think uh-huh is when the second generation came along so you, re- you remained during the rhinos time yes for three years maybe uh-huh something like that before uh finally well let's see you know, it's a little vague. I know that Rhinos closed down, but I think they hired some more uh, directors for youth radio. And it was very nice. I did get paid a little bit in that second Ooh, incarnation. <laughs> yeah, because the first time through, you know, yeah. all volunteer. This I didn't know, and by the way, part of this is part of a history project that I have taken on, dealing with the life, the times of WFHB. That is so exciting. Yeah, and you know, when it started, did anybody even know that it was going to be almost 20 years before the darn thing got on the air? Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of hard work from... Uh, folks in the community that just believed. People came, people went, there were almosts, and then there were great disappointments, and then people say, oh, forget it. But it came through in the, the one thread, Jeffrey Morris, Sun Dog. Yeah. He was always yeah. there. And as he'll always say, I kept the P.O. box. Uh huh. <laughs> Herman Wells had Herman a little bit Wells to do with was it. Herman big in, in, in helping getting, us. And in getting money yes. for the effort, because it costs a lot of money to build a radio station. It does, and, and getting the permits and the, and the frequencies and all of that, yeah. Yeah. And so he did that for WFIU, and then he did it for us. And people would say, that's a conflict. And he said, no. Well, uh, Sarah Flint, one of the ways that the idea of WFHB was sold to Herman B. Wells was they said, we're going to provide education. Uh-huh. And that, that was the magic word with of him. Of course. Because one of the things uh, that Jeffrey, among others, and Brian Carney, yes, and other Jim Brian Mannion, Carney. all involved, uh, one of the things that they said is, is we're going to provide education for people in how to do radio. And what the journalism school doesn't do is give you much actual hands-on work. We're going to give you that. Yeah. And that was, that was magic to Herman B. Wells. Education. You are an educator. 
Yeah. And I got to meet Herman once. So. Did you yes. really? <laughs> and uh, one of the great landmark moments was when we first went on the air in January of 93, Herman B. Wells had a big Chinese gong, <laughs> which was gonged, and that was the first sound oh. heard. Technically, there were uh, there were broadcasts beforehand, but they were test broadcasts. But that was the first sound heard was Herman B. Wells' gong. Mm, nice. Speaking of Harmony School, which you already mentioned. Yes. You started the Harmony School Orchestra? I did, uh, and it died soon after. No. <laughs> it was only one year. Well, hey, uh, that's, but, that's a good year then. Yeah, we we played at the at the Follies, and we played at a recital for my me and my other students. What kind of um, instruments? Oh well, the basic orchestra instruments. There were violins and cellos, and um, gosh, did I have other things? Brass. Um, no, I don't think we had brass. Oh, huh. yeah. So there were like about seven or eight kids. And they knew what they were doing already with the instruments-ish. Some. Oh. Yeah I, yeah, I think that they had all had a little bit of experience. So I wasn't necessarily teaching them how to make notes on their instruments. They, right. they sort of had that already, but uh, just trying to get them to play together. Again, our guest this week, Sarah Flint. She's a musician. She's a performer. She's a teacher. She's also, and I like to call you this, the parent of youth radio here on WFHB. Right now run by the the respectable and redoubtable Asia Essex. Yes. Asia is wonderful. Yes. I was so glad when they hired her. Yes. Me too. Yeah, really keeping the thing alive and going. Now, a lot of what goes on with youth radio now is the the idea being there you're training 13 to 20-year-olds in radio broadcasting, engineering, voice, DJing, podcasting, and even journalism. Was that part of your game when you were the the queen of youth radio. <laughs> well, um, I, I didn't even have giant um, ideas or or goals oh. other than just getting on the air. You know, when, when you are trained as a DJ yeah. here at Community Radio, uh, they don't really tell you what to do. They just, they they explain the bones of it, but then you fill in your choices of music they don't tell you what kind of music to play so they say here are the buttons to push yeah and so so i tried to keep it as loose as that as well i wanted the the youth to have their say to have their voice be heard i wonder if there's a lot of kids who might say i don't know what to do tell me what to do yeah, yeah. There, what do you do then? There was a, a variety. Um, they would do it in pairs. Uh-huh. And uh, there was always somebody that wanted to talk. So <laughs> that was kind of easy to find the the announcer. And then sometimes um, there would be kids that just liked messing with the uh, equipment uh-huh. and making uh, promos. And I, 
I, I don't know if this is going to come across, but I did find a promo from 2000. Oh, pull it out. Let's see if we can hear it. This is from uh, Shauna Ritter. Shauna Ritter, the writer. She had a show, and she interviewed Youth Radio, and so we were... We wouldn't have been in this room because it wasn't created yet. Yeah. This was just a garage at the time. That's right. The uh, firehouse, yeah. But uh, we were all crammed into some studio, and Shauna Ritter was interviewing us, and uh, she played a way back moment of youth radio. Huh. So let's see where we're coming in. Yeah, to like be able to get on the air. And basically, I mean, with restrictions, do whatever you want, you know, play your own music, do your own shows, whatever. We're going to make one more attempt to hear the voice of Youth Radio from Youth Radio Past before we come back to Youth Radio Present and Future. And Brian's getting ready one more time to try our intakes and outtakes from Youth Radio. Hey, Brian. Sarah Flint, it sounds like kids were having fun. They were. They were using the pitch control. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look what I can do. You know, learning, playing is learning. Mm -hmm. We we know this nowadays. Uh, uh, Toys are things you can learn from. And and in that big production room next to us over there, Sarah Flint, there's a lot of toys that can be played with. Yeah, and... um... It, it's a, as I look back and I think about how in, in the 90s, we didn't have internet. Yeah. My first email address was a WFHB email address. No kidding. My first exposure to email was here. So, you know, just imagine what the world was like. Radio was a much stronger part of our lives. Yeah. We needed to get the news, the the weather. You know, you'd flip on the radio in your car. A lot of cars didn't have CD players. Oh, e- right. Even they might have had cassette players, maybe or, or eight track players if, if they were added. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, radio was the thing, and every and every car had a radio. And I'm going to give you a little bit of bad news now. The automakers oh. are working hard. They're trying to get this done. They're trying to not have radios in cars anymore. Oh, that's sad. Uh, that's AM sad. and FM radios. Well, I, what they want are the you know subscription radios yeah. in yes. there that they all are connected with. What a shame because... I love the radio I, in the car. I That's when I listen to WFHB is in the car. When I was a kid... Speakers in the rear deck were just coming out, oh, yeah. and that was like the lap of luxury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's got rear speakers. He's got a beauty. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so 
at, at, at the time that, that Youth Radio began, the technology was really, really different. Yeah. Yeah. And we were actually using potentiometers, dials to turn. Yes, we so were. Forth. Yeah. Crazy. It's, it's, all di- it's all digitized now. And I think uh, there was still a bit of everybody knew the top 40 songs. Yeah. And the diversity of choices now yeah. is so diverse that, that we don't have a common um, reference point. Well, everybody likes their little ghetto of music here. I like this here. And if you're on one of the services, it'll keep on playing music that's somehow related to the what you like. Right. And like I said... I would have never wanted to listen to gospel music when I was a 13-year-old kid, but the song came on the air, and I said, boy, that's fantastic. Yeah. And it yeah. opened my horizons. Exactly. And uh, boy, does WFHB do that. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. Bluegrass music, uh, indigenous music, things you would never hear anywhere else. I'm so grateful for it. Where can people hear you play live anywhere these days, if anywhere these days? <clears throat> well, um, I've only had a few gigs since the pandemic. Um, I was blessed to um, play for Janice Jaffe's tribute concert in the new Switchyard Park. She was a friend of yours. Yeah. And a, I just think of her constantly. That was a shocker. A hard loss for the whole community because um, she was a healer, uh, and she healed through music. She yeah. would give sound baths. <laughs> sound baths? She would play these uh, crystal bowls and um, get get these tones going, and then she'd also include her voice into those tones. But uh, the whole... Uh, her events, you would lay down on the floor and just let these vibrations wash over you. And that's why it's called a sound bath. Huh. Now, you know, you mentioned Joni Mitchell earlier. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of the Janice Jaffe tribute, I think you sang a Joni Mitchell song. My first, uh, well, let's see. No, my second um, attempt at playing these open tunings. Uh-huh. Yes. In front of people yes. yet. Yes. So, um What was the tune, do you recall? In France they kiss on Main Street. That is such a Joni Mitchell title, isn't it? It's perfect. <laughs> it's a it's an obscure title for her song. It's it's the song that goes rolling, rolling, rockin', rollin'. You just launch right into song, just like that. Uh, We snapped our fingers, and there you were doing it. You are a musician. Can anybody be a musician? I think so. Yeah, I mean, we all are. We we all hum and whistle and tap our fingers on the table. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Or we play the radio. Like, I think you've often said that 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 was your, (laughs) I play the radio. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The greatest present I ever got as a kid on Christmas Eve, I believe it was 1964, I got a transistor radio, Mm. and I screamed so much the roof came off of the living room uh, that (laughs) Christmas Eve, 
And I used to listen to that thing under the covers oh, in yeah, the bed. I Didn't bet. you do the same? I won a prize for selling candy for some uh, fundraiser, <laughs> and it was a seven-band radio. Get out. And I was so tickled. Oh, that includes shortwave and all uh, that? Yes. Oh, man, you could talk to people all over the world yes. or, or at least listen. So that might have been the first spark for me in radio, yeah. On your blog, which is on your website, your website again. SarahFlintMusic.com. You had a blog post that started out, an angel told me I could teach guitar. Ah. Who's, who's that angel? That was Carl Quartz. Now, who's that? Carl Quartz is a local musician, been in this town playing music, playing the blues, with uh, other greats that are gone, like Tom Moeller, and um, greats that are still around, like David Boss. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, Carl played uh, for years and years in a group called The Big Old Things, if, if that helps people know who he was. Uh-huh. Um, but I remember him from the blues jams at the Bluebird on Monday nights in the 80s. So he was an angel. He was an angel to me because he was teaching at Roadworthy Guitar, and I bumped into him, and he said, you could do this. And I said, what? <laughs> Why, you me? You, you didn't have the idea to do it yourself. No, I didn't. Huh. No. And, you know, when somebody comes up to you and says, you can do that, it really changes things. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's what we need. We need someone to say, go ahead. You can do it. You can do it. Oh, that's a beautiful story. So that's the angel. Another of your blog posts is, oh, and I love this. Okay, I'm going to read it to you. So maybe there's a right way or a wrong way. But in the moment, what you're playing is the way. Yeah. You can strum your guitar, your out-of-tune guitar, and sing a song and... You're creating vibrations, and you're enjoying the song and enjoying music. Just like you discovering those open chords. Yeah, it's magic. Something new to learn. It's the right, it is the way. When you did it, it is, and it was the way. I don't think there's a wrong way to play music. <laughs> <laughs> what do you listen to? Gosh, um, I, For pleasure. Uh, yeah, pleasure. I'm, I'm, I'm always discovering things with um, my students asking, you know, for certain songs. Huh. Um, Casey Musgrave is a new one for yeah, me, yeah. and um, oh, I'm kind of drawing a blank. Uh, Billie Eilish, um, you know, some of the newer artists. There's um, Taylor Swift has always always been there a consistent yeah yeah um piece partly because her songs are so perfect huh. you can hear it once and then you know how it goes huh. and yet it's not too predictable or I, I i don't know how to explain it but once uh, when as you're playing the song it kind of plays itself be huh. because it's just so organized now that makes me think of, for instance, Paul Simon. Yeah. If you listen to a Paul Simon song, you go, 
everything he's doing in that song is to a T. Is that what you're getting at? Well, I'm get uh, except that you can't play Paul Simons because <laughs> he's such a good guitar player, the most underrated guitar player ever. Uh-huh. Um, but the Taylor Swift songs are easy to play. Ah. So that that's the difference there. <laughs> ah, I get it. Our guest, Sarah Flint, she's a musician, she's a teacher, she's a performer, and, as I love to say, the parent of youth radio here on WFHB. Youth radio, which is still a, a, a bedrock of our programming, Saturday evenings, 6 to 10, the kids are still coming in, 13 to 20, they're learning how to do radio, they're learning how to communicate they're learning how to create it's it's terrific uh, i i wish i had something like that at the age of 13 me too i think that's one of the main reasons i created it i was just something that i would have loved to have done now speaking of music why do you think bloomington is such a music town gosh well, it's got the university. Yeah. Um, uh, the Jacobs School is well known. Well, yeah, even, uh, but I, I never got too involved in the music school, although I did um, sit in on some of Dave Baker's classes. Um, but I couldn't, could never have passed them because I wasn't, the, the music theory was just not in my grasp oh, at, really? at the time. Is it more now? Yes. Okay. A little bit. Not not quite at the jazz level, but yeah. but at the basic level I can explain it. But um there was also ooh, and I'm not gonna remember what it was, but every year the board uh the union board would put out an album of local artists. And so that was always our goal was to get onto that album every year. So that uh, and so I So you were on one, two or three of those? I'm not sure I ever got on one of those. No, yeah. not you? No, I don't think so. Well, wait till they hear from me <laughs> about that. Uh Brad Wilhelm was one of the directors there for a while. Huh. Uh, I think that was the way I met him the first time. Union Board was run by students and they brought artists to the auditorium like um, James Brown right after he got out of jail. Wow. <laughs> and Brad Wilhelm would tell the story about how James Brown called him up and said, we need to give him a history lesson. <laughs> 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 so the same, just like speaking to uh, Herman, you know, yeah, once yeah. you turn it into education, everybody's all for it. Yeah. May it be so in the future. Sarah Flint, again, I'm going to say it, the parent of youth radio here on WFHB. Youth radio still a big thing here at the station and will be for, for as long as we're on the air, which I hope is forever. Yes. Sarah, thanks so much for being on Big Talk. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for asking me, Mike. 